Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Co-Creating with AI. With me today is, uh, as always, my co-host Rasmus, and my name is Martin. I also have a cat on the desk in front of me, so if uh, if that's uh, if there's any purring or whizzing sounds, that's from the cat and not from me. So, <laughs> how are you today, Rasmus? It's a nice disclaimer. <laughs> like, it's not my stomach. It's like, if there's anything purring, it's, it's the cat. But yeah, the cat showed itself, so I guess we'll believe you. Unless that was, like, animated. You know. uh, I'm good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Excited for today. I'm uh, feeling more and more, like, like this. this the purpose of this podcast, apart from hopefully being of some value to the listeners, I just feel like just speaking, like having a set of time to just talk about what's going on yeah. is actually a very valuable practice uh, for me here. Uh, ex- valuable exercise. With the Therapy for going. dealing with the fast-paced industry. Yeah, sort of. It's, this is maybe, <laughs> maybe we should change the name. <laughs> AI therapy. And then we could bring in your chatbot who could be our yes. therapist. That yes. would actually be pretty cool. That would be amazing. Yeah. Or not chatbot, but your yeah yeah so uh yeah let's do that when we when it's ready for for yeah. prime time so uh i'm uh, um at home yeah how are you by the way <laughs> thank you for asking <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm i'm really well as well i'm I've, uh, i'm at home we are house owners and sometimes that's a struggle we are the heating has been a problem uh, this winter uh, but we we have Wood, the wood fired stove as a fallback, which, which makes it super cozy, and uh, and and uh, cats and warm blankets and so on. And uh, otherwise, I'm just uh, working away. Um, I'm having fun with a really old model called Bart, uh, which is a language model, but uh, it's it, it's not good at generating anything. But it can. Uh, I use it to to measure. Just measure what makes sense in a sentence. Uh, where should punctuation be, and and where, like, is it the language uh, that uh, the language identification module is claiming it to be, and so on. You can just measure stuff with with uh, the old models, and that's uh, that's fun fun use case using PyTorch and uh, and uh, Bart base model, and um, having fun with that. Interesting. So you're using like an old, this is not the topic, right? But you're using, the only purpose of that is to kind of have continuous eval of kind of the conversation you're trying to generate or you're trying to um, uh, enable someone to have with an AI, right? And then you want to like have an eval for like, is this good conversation? It's uh, actually not for for the conversation, but even more basic, like uh, where should, like these two utterances coming from, from Whisper, are they... Are they one sentence, or is it uh, is it better to divide right. them into two? Like, what, All right, the, interesting. Like, very re- super basic level. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Right, but about today then? Yes, so we're going to talk about uh, the update to ChatGPT. We have news about the GPT store coming out this week, and also GPT team. And uh, what are your initial thoughts about those? I mean, I think like the most interesting one is the store, I think. Uh, the team feature was kind of expected right it's just basically that you can have you know a bunch of people still interacting with chat gpt in the same way uh, but now having like a shared workspace so you can say for example build your custom gpts for your company and only you can use them and so it's like uh, just 
yeah, I mean, setting that up and then you can obviously um, use these uh, together. Uh, so it's uh, it's kind of a very basic collaboration layer, still the same kind of UI, still the same um, like interaction, you know, just voice and text with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, ChatGPT and the same functionality. Um, what's more interesting is like what I want to sort of double click on and where I'm like, I don't have my mind straight yet is, is kind of continuing on the conversation we had with the other Rasmus Fallander uh, about kind of are GPTs really fundamentally like a new way to build software? Yeah. Like, is this the new app store? What does that mean? Mm. And like, what, like, where, where is this now? I've tried it, tried out a bit, like a few, like GPTs since the store went live. Um, so yeah, I mean, so, some something there, like around there. I'm, I'm just like literally just want to have a have a discussion because I'm not sure what I think yet. If it's like. Yeah, if this is an app store moment, or uh, if it's you know much more limited. Um, mm. Do you have any initial thoughts? Like, have you been like, have you tried anything out? Yeah, I've been exploring a bit, and uh, I actually think that uh, that combination is super powerful. And because what you do with GPTs is that you plug in your custom tools. Okay, that's that's one way to to make them more powerful. That you they can interface APIs on the on the open web. And um, what that means is that if you have any enterprise um, APIs that interface to to your organization's data, then you can put uh, in inside GPT team. You can create uh, custom GPTs for your organization. So, for example, you could easily have a just like a um, 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 a receipt reporting. Uh, assistant for for that that sends uh, uh, the the receipts of your of uh, expenses to uh, HR or um, anything like that. Like it could be, uh, it actually could be that ChatGPT becomes sort of an operating system for your organization if if that is built out with uh, with um, a lot of tools uh, that. Uh, is safe to expose to ChatGPT, and that m- perhaps safety is the keyword there. But uh, if that would become the norm, people are in, in like people are working with ChatGPT Windows Open. Why not uh, put to, in, tools there that that uh, allow AI to access data in organization and make sense of it together with your employees? Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, my initial thoughts are like a little bit related. Um, but not f- maybe fully aligned. It's like like the so we already have all this software out there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, I'm just going to take one example. GPT. Um, we have Canva, which is like a very easy way to create kind of I mean, primarily marketing designs with text and images. And mm. Canva has been integrating a bunch of like AI features directly in Canva, so you can you know generate copy and generate the images, etc., directly there. Yeah. Um, so this Canva plugin that I just, or sorry, the Canva GPT that I just tried, uh, I can basically ask it to generate some graphics for me in natural language, and then it will call the um, Canva API, and then it gave me a couple of images, like here, here are two alternatives. And then I didn't take it much further, but then I can probably keep chatting about it to change it, to update it, uh, and then, you know, work that way. Uh, but mm-hmm. I could do that in Canva as well. 
So what is that GPT really? It's kind of like an, just another UI on top of Canva. It's like the natural language UI on top of Canva. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't seem like it would, you know, um, disrupt Canva, right? Canva still has a purpose there, both because how they, what, what uh, their capabilities are, are valuable, even through a natural language interface, but also because not ever, like, it doesn't make sense that everyone will want a, you know, natural language interface for that, especially if they want to be like designing and co-creating with AI, right? Then that's going to be much, I mean, I doubt that ChatGPT will kind of uh, build out that capability. Mm. Um, so where, where you want the human involved, the individual app in that use case will still kind of make sense. Um, and same thing, another one I tried was like um, Consensus, I think was called, it's like, I think it's a research database. Oh. And there could then, you know, ask, uh, I mean, just access that data through an, like the AI interface of ChatGPT. So mm-hmm. it could, you know, write me an introduction to an article within a specific subject or list me the articles and summarize them from, you know, within a topic and time period, etc. Uh, I asked it for like the top peer-reviewed kind of most cited uh, papers. I don't know if it actually, you know, <laughs> successfully filtered those out, but mm. it, it looked confident. So let's yeah. see. Um, but yeah, that, so there it's like in that kind of, if I just take that lens of those two examples and let's move mm. on from there, then I would just mm. say it's it's a very easy way to have another interface on top of these products and provided directly in chat GPT yeah. in terms of just as the app, right? Mm. But you could as well have that, and maybe they do have that directly in Canva or directly in Consensus. Mm. Um, so so in that level, it doesn't feel revolutionary when I look at it there. Then the revolutionary thing is like the AI interface, not the like the AI capability. Mm. It's not like the GPT store. Um, but like we could take other. What are your thoughts? Like well, that's my initial like. Examples. No, just to to add on to that, uh, what what they achieve is that they in, instead of uh, um, like what you achieve with an app in the App Store or or Google Play is that you get your brand or your service into the like potentially into the pockets of people when you when they install your app on a mobile phone, you're you're in their pocket more present in their daily lives. And if people already have ChatGPT open in their browser, having a, an app there or a custom GPT, maybe that just provides more exposure, like shorter distance between between you and new potential customers. And, yeah, it's, uh, a, it's interesting, that, sorry, just to jump yeah. in there, like because I yeah. don't have a Canva account. No. And they it didn't ask me to register. No, but, but the links, if I wanted to click Exactly. And edit the designs, then I would have to go there. Yeah. So it's like you, a marketing channel almost for them, like right. It is definitely when when you get frustrated with it, like when your natural language interface becomes too cumbersome for exactly what you want to do, like just move it two pixels up, stupid AI. Then maybe it's easier to click in, just move it yourself, and then you can have the potential of capturing you as a lead for their service, and. Um, and uh, that's that, I think that's uh, pretty much the same with uh, with uh, m- mobile apps. Like uh, when it, it's both convenience, a better service. Like when Hertz have their car rental app in in a mobile phone, it means that uh, I I trust them a bit more. 
and I feel like I can interface them. They haven't like I'm not I'm not left out to their super cumbersome web page, and maybe it will be the same with the custom GPTs and the GPT store. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm, of course, like this is the step now, and I haven't really tried any examples, but I know it's possible. And if I take one more step, because these were both examples, the ones I took at least of, you know, one app has a plugin that basically allows you to use that app. You know, mm -hmm. it has a GPT, like it's the yeah. most simple way you can think of implementing a GPT almost. Mm -hmm. But of course, there are also the alternatives where you have a GPT that has access to many different services or data mm -hmm. sources, right? And, and there, it's interesting because then in that case, it becomes like one, the natural language interface, but also an integration platform, hmm. I would say. So, you know, the example would be, hey, I connect my, I haven't checked, probably something like that. But I connect my HubSpot, which is a sales kind of pipeline tool and uh, my uh, inbox. Hmm. And then I ask it to uh, give me the uh, last, you know, the uh, five, uh, people I'm supposed to follow up with today. Um, and based on the previous, you know, previous, uh, previous discussion, um, you know, write the draft of an email for each of them. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, edit them a little bit. And then like, okay, send these mm -hmm. via my email. I don't know if that's a, like a really good way to use it. But that's like, a, that's another product. That's another mm -hmm. type of product, because that product wasn't really I mean, I guess you can probably send emails via HubSpot, right? And you can probably generate responses in there now as well. But um, but it's it's definitely like one level up from just using one single tool, in my mind, at least. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, it is. And, and also it speaks to, um, like w one year ago, we said that um, the, the plugin store, was the new app store, yeah. but but that actually didn't happen. Like, like uh, plugins for for ChatGPT have not been a, a huge uh, channel of of customer acquisition or engagement for the companies that build plugins. Not not as far as I know, and it hasn't been the the, the headlines around mm. ChatGPT hasn't been about the tools. And maybe one shortcoming that that custom GPTs address is that you actually have to. Um, also ad adapt the prompts that you use together with the tools and so on. Now, when you can build an assistant together with the tool, you can yeah. instruct and you can you can uh, train and and adapt the the prompts so that the assistant you, you also like on the ChatGPT end knows how to call the tool and what what kind of input it expects. And you can you can iterate on that. And it's not up to the the end user to figure out how ChatGPT. Um, is best prompted to produce value from a tool. Yeah, that's that's a really good point in that, I mean, in that way, they really are kind of like apps, right? Because you're, you're packaging now these like different custom actions that used to be plugins, but you're wrapping them in like how they should function in terms of like having the custom prompts for the GPTs, you know, how to use those tools. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can have this thing like a, personal travel assistant that actually goes and you know finds flights suggests them to you and 
then you know purchase them for you i need to check if that's actually live but i can mm -hmm. really see that being possible within a gpt in kind of a reliable way uh, whereas probably like when you have the plugin directly to just general open ai like you said mm -hmm. then it wouldn't be a very good travel assistant yeah like yet right so it's mm -hmm. like taking and creating a specialized kind of functional intelligence or functional framework and process yeah. and tools for very specific things. Um, in parallel to providing tools, you can also upload PDFs that it that it's uh, chunking and putting in a vex vector search. So you actually get, get the RAG architecture uh, combined with the tools. So it's pretty powerful, yet simple interface, and both for creators and for users. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like, it is an AI app store, right? So it's not like necessarily that it's the new app store, every app will be obsolete, right? But within the this new, if we, let's let's say that AI is primarily new, I mean, interface, let's take mm -hmm. that perspective. It's yeah. probably not, it's probably not only, right? But if you take that perspective, AI is a new interface, then these are, this is definitely like a, a, a well thought model for what an app is, yeah. right? And uh, within some some confines, also if you build an AI powered backend of something, maybe you can you can uh, for the first year of your business only have backend engineers and and just don't care about uh, just not care about the front end development and, and UI design and so on. Yeah, I mean actually, yeah, I mean that's uh, I think that was a little bit of what Rasmus Falander was into as well when we chatted with him. Mm -hmm. It's like. And what we discussed there, I uh, don't want to put words in his mouth. Mm. It's kind of like if, if the AI interface, if the chat GPT kind of interface is good enough mm. for what you want to offer, if it's a good way to offer that, yeah. then yeah, maybe you just need to build some stuff on the back end. Mm. Uh, even if, you know, building just a GPT isn't sufficient for what you have in mind in the sense that, you know, uh, just taking, you know, not writing any code basically, or just mm -hmm. writing like very little code in the custom actions. You actually have to build something. Then even so, you can just build that thing and then package it through like the whole UX through through GPT. Mm. So it's interesting. Yeah, yeah I mean, pro probably the first. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to look look through this more because you could really imagine that it really changes software development, mm. like it says. Yeah, in that sense. Another interesting uh, thing is that they are not releasing it with um, um, revenue share right now. Uh, it's coming Q1 and only for the US, um, presumably because paying money to the entire world could be problematic. They just want to pay out money to US uh, creators of, like right now. Yeah. But it's a, it's, they are releasing this not as a perfect product, but they're releasing it in steps. And uh, so which means that they are also feeling uh, some pressure from the rest of the industry to to innovate, to, to not just sit on innovations until they are perfect, but actually get them to market. Yeah, that's my sense in the whole AI space, like, you know, Google rushing to catch up. And yes. I think we're going to see, like, what I'm hearing from people using Gemini, like, is good. Mm -hmm. And like the way they, they're going to be able to integrate it in their productivity suite, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll see. Maybe you know Microsoft will be as quick and as good at it. But you know, I can really imagine Google taking it to like a billion, like AI to a billion people faster than anyone yeah. else. 
yeah. uh, because they're probably just going to deploy it for free across mm. their whole suite. You know, some at least some version of it, uh, which is not what I think. It doesn't seem what that's what Microsoft is doing right. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's in, yeah. There's there's also uh, one super random thing that happened this week that that some users posted on Reddit that they saw a screen popping up on ChatGPT uh, announcing um, that from now on it's it's possible to have a continuous memory for ChatGPT. Yeah, I saw that one as well. And then when they tried it, it wasn't there. It was just like that. It's like the either they were A/B testing something or the just the UI or the announcement uh, like was published by mistake, but maybe that's an out, upcoming feature. Uh, they could be just testing it to the market, or they are actually mm. developing it and releasing it soon. Yeah, that's also going to be like pretty interesting. Like, depends on how they implement it. Like as I saw mm-hmm. that one, I didn't really understand like exactly how it was implemented. Yeah. But I actually it was one of the like on Twitter. I think it was like the one of the OpenAI people who actually reposted it as well. Okay. I think so. But mm. like, uh, I, I'll have to look into it. Like, yeah. Don't take my word for it. But I think so. So it's probably serious. But like, mm. it's obviously a big question how that would work. Would it work you know, across your chats so that you have ChatGPT getting to know you over time? Would it work with the in-GPTs so they actually have memory when you come back to it apart from just you know the chat history? I don't know. Mm. From what I understood from the leaked screenshots, it was uh, the it was normal ChatGPT having continuous chat, so it remembers everything you talked about, but also the uh, possibility of temporary chats. If you're talk if you're speculating about something that is not within your normal life, or looking something up for for uh, a friend or something, then. It's like they they have something which is akin to the incognito mode in your browser. Okay, let's let's speculate. Like, where do you think if we look at both, like, uh, you know, where are we like six, twelve months from now, given the GPT store and just like these, uh, I guess, what that means for you know uh, this generation of AI in, mm. in general. So rate of adoption is always hard to speculate, but just let's just assume that all of this becomes a big hit, a much bigger hit than the tools for GPT, uh, for for ChatGPT was a year ago. Then I w- I would say that ChatGPT becomes more of an operating system for for the world, where you can you can book flights, you can manage your email like you proposed, uh, you can access your inbox, your um, um, your company's documents, perhaps, like um, or and and so on, and uh, ChatGPT is just more integrated and more knowledge about your life. It also knows you better. It knows what the, if it remembers what you've talked about before. It can follow up when you talk about your sister's uh, bad temperament again for the tenth time. It can <laughs> it can follow up on earlier conversations and and uh, just uh, be more acute in yeah i think it makes sense and on the operating system side like i think the concrete version of that is that it's not only kind of chat gpt plus subscribers who use you know custom gpts it's actually Mm. you know 
I have some GPTs that are like basically, you know, they just, you know, it's it's a website that's basically GPT, right? Or like an yeah. app that's just GPT. Like it's something I use directly and that is marketed separately and that gets a lot of users because it's valuable. It's like the new travel assistant maybe doesn't want to be just a GPT within the store of chat GPT, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe they're going to lock it. Like, I, I don't know how that would function, but like, I, I would imagine they're going to open that up as well. Yeah. Like, because you can already have like shareable links for your GPTs, etc. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see, see that one evolve because then it really is like a platform, right? Mm -hmm. That you're not only be, you're not like only able to, or an operating, like you don't not only able to market your GPT within the current subscriber base mm -hmm. of chat GPT, but like to the whole world. Like, yeah. Mm. I, I remember 15 years ago um, during the web 2.0, uh, we had this concept of mashups. Some, some there were startups that were just mashups of existing services, and perhaps those, that's also a, a way to build a chat GPT or a customer GPT that that you build a mashup of existing services and tools, and uh, you can have some some uh, limited uh, success with that. Um, that's like horizontally integrating tools. Like if you have a travel travel assistant, it can both book hotels and flights for you using different. Uh, sets of tools that normally don't operate together. Yeah, and if I yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's a good frame actually as as well. It's like, you know, anytime you've thought, oh, I wish I could just do this and this, mm -hmm. kind of like I wish yeah. I could just you know, and then all of a sudden that's just you know given to you in like a very neat kind of format. Yeah. Um, like one guess that's still on me, like same same like prediction I had when plugins came, and I think I'm even more kind of confident about it now, or like I would believe in it more at least, um, is kind of that these are the specialist intelligences of, you know, the kind of future AGI, so to say. So mm -hmm. I really think that that's their bet, that uh, like involving the whole world in giving ChatGPT tools mm -hmm. and being able to use those tools and being able to accomplish different things. You know, being a travel agent is actually a skill. Like I would probably not be a very good travel agent compared to a real travel agent. You know what I mean? Mm. It's actually a skill. I would have to learn it. You know, I would have to work yeah. with it for a while. Um, but all of a sudden, like ChatGPT will be able to, you, you can just go into ChatGPT or just ask it like voice, ah, oh, can you book me a ticket? And it will utilize the best travel assistant GPT mm. kind of. And if I ask it something else, we'll use another GPT. So I think like all of this will just like, I, I would guess that's their, that's their strategy at least, because it makes a lot of sense for how to build out a general uh, artificial intelligence is like just having a lot of specialist intelligences yeah. that yeah. can be accessed through one point, so to say. Mm. And maybe that's a, a something we will see during like model just with the, within ChatGPT uh, within yeah. a year that that ChatGPT can access assistance as as agents or as subordinates uh, asking them to go and do a specific thing for for the user. Yeah, that would be my guess because the interesting thing is these GPTs are actually just chat GPT with a little custom prompt. Mm -hmm. It's just it prompting itself and yeah. using some of the tools tools available. Yeah. So it's yeah, with, I mean it's, with a with a rag and then the yeah. data analytics uh, built in. But it's the same like basic like architecture and basic yeah. kind of functionality. Everything is like it's the same product. Yeah. With like you know, and then you use this PDF, and then you have 
these checkboxes to use code interpreter and you have these little API keys configured mm. and you have a little prompt. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's quite a thin layer on top of like chat GPT, mm. which is the GPTs. So uh, yeah, it's not, doesn't seem far away. And it's, it's a really good uh, challenge to the, in, to the industry as well, to all the entrepreneurs and startups that want to build AI apps that uh, open AI is telling them, don't be lazy. Don't just yeah. build, a, build a thin layer on top of uh, our APIs. You have to really innovate if you want to do something. Because uh, if if it could just as well be a custom GPT, then it's going to be. Yeah, and I think like just from my frame now, and I don't, I, I honestly I don't know how much confidence I have in this. It's just like a thought now, but it feels like if we take that prediction, then everything that AI can do for you could converge on like a few access points, you know, ChatGPT, Microsoft, Bard slash Gemini, mm. Google, Siri, you know, through through um, Apple, of course, like a few of those. And, the, and then, of course, to serve that, people will build things like GPTs, et cetera. But the core value for other apps will be either supplementing the capabilities of these AI interfaces or providing interfaces for humans hmm. to interact in other ways uh, mm -hmm. with, with uh, uh, I mean, yeah, with the, the base functionality because the base functionality will be available for the AI through these main interfaces, through the GPTs and their custom actions. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe that's at least a, um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> coming back to the UI for AI again, yeah. I don't know if I'm just confirmation having confirmation bias here and like taking <laughs> all the information and framing it to what I'm excited about. But yeah, that was, those were my parting thoughts. At yeah. Least. Um, so uh, to round off, um, another reflection that I can contribute to this uh, context is that um, at the at the beginning of. A, of the launch of uh, GPT-4 and GPT-3, even we speculated that the big uh, land rush was for all tool makers to build AI into their tools. And uh, it's almost as if OpenAI is, is also calling that uh, and saying that you, you're too slow. Let's build all the tools into OpenAI instead of vice versa. Yeah. And uh, I, I sort of uh, can feel a bit of uh, disappointment in the that tool makers are are not innovating a lot in building AI into tools, but um, maybe that's that's uh, to come as well. Yeah, I mean, let's see. Um, it's going to be exciting, <laughs> fast-paced yeah. as always. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot, Martin. This was this was great. Thanks, Rasmus. Um, good thoughts. And thanks to the listener for being with us all the way. Uh, this has been an episode of co-creating with AI and uh, next week we will take a break and uh, and uh, we will produce a, even a, a doubly um, valuable episode uh, for the week after instead. <laughs>